Like notes through the hourglass, these are the songs of our lives. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I'm your host, Brad Rose. I am a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and somebody who thinks about music and sound far more than is probably healthy. Each week, I invite on a guest, and we talk about the songs that have meant the most to them and stuck with them throughout their lives. This week, I am super excited to have Gelato Negro on the show. Um, I, I am a massive fan of his, and when when he expressed interest in doing this, I was just so stoked. I was glad we were able to make it happen. Uh, his new album, Phasor, is out on this coming Friday, February 9th, on 4AD. It is an absolute delight of a record. There are... I, it just... I, I, I keep listening to it. I keep finding new things I love about it. I It's a... He always creates these, like songs that they feel like their own little worlds and like they're so I, I don't know like I don't have like synesthesia or anything like that but I always feel like I can see his songs if that makes sense and and they're just he creates these really wonderful spaces to that just kind of wrap themselves around you and you you get lost in them and this this record is it's fantastic so um yeah and <laughs> He he got he turned me on to some stuff I did not know about and even say on here like oh there's some I got to do some post episode homework I've yeah his this episode has caused me to find some new things that I love uh, to spend a little money and um, you know nothing wrong with those things uh, especially when you're spending it on music and supporting artists real quick reminder that you can support this show and. Everything Foxy Digitalis does on Patreon, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. If you're a fan of the show and you want a little bit more for three bucks a month, you can sign up, you get the episodes early, you get a whole extra Patreon section where some of the real fun happens. And it just, that regular ongoing support just really, really helps. So think about it, you know, and if it's not for you, that's fine. Take some of the money, go buy the new Halado Negro album. So uh, we recorded this a couple weeks ago. Um, and had we we had a blast and i hope you enjoy it so my guest today is a musician a songwriter a singer and someone who always makes music that's just really makes me feel good welcome to the show halado negro hello thank you <laughs> how's it going it's going well. Today's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually above freezing here today, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, here too. It was eight yesterday where I'm at. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Uh, do you do you know uh, Burial Beer Company? You, I know of them. Yeah, I'm gonna play a show at 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 their new venue called Eulogy. Oh yeah. So uh, Tim 
Gormley, who's one of the co-founders and he runs their wine program. I had him on a couple weeks ago. Oh, and, sick. Did he talk about yeah. their like their music series that they have? Yeah, yeah. We talked a bit about that and he was talking about the festival they do. And um he's he actually runs he has a record label he started a couple years ago too. So just yeah, Asheville. I need to get out there because yeah. uh lots of cool stuff happening. But um so you got a new record coming out and it is one of the things I wanted to ask about because I really love the like description. It was kind of a description of the record, but I feel like it kind of describes your music in general. Is like uh, the description of your work is dreamscapes, and I feel like one thing I've always wondered is how you approach basically your your writing and like because to me it's like the music and the lyrics. It has this very kind of surreal feeling to it that's mixed with like warmth and tenderness and all of these things but it's i don't know i'm, I'm just but i'm curious like how do, do you do you start with lyrics do you start with music is it just kind of a organic thing yeah i i yes to all of it uh, <laughs> no, I, I think i think the hardest part about um describing that like the process i think it's like uh you don't remember a lot of it so it's kind of mm -hmm. like the beginning or the end but never in between um and for me, I think where I try to begin is um, kind of like in a place where I'm like doing a, like a lot of repetitive things. So meaning uh, hmm. I kind of create processes for myself, kind of like uh, unwritten rules that I'm doing in my studio, you know, whether it's like, you know, there was an era where like uh, I was like, you know, Monday I'll have a capo on like my first fret and then write 25 ideas of that. And then, and then. Tuesday on the second friend then Thursday and by the time yeah. I got to Friday or whatever like maybe you are whatever I skipped Wednesday and Thursday but by the time I got to Thursday um I would already be working on a song and I would forget about all those other ideas or whatever like I wouldn't yeah. be thinking about them and it, what was really cool it's like it's kind of just like pushing yourself into a direction creating these exercises and then all of a sudden you're like uh, lost in like a, um, an idea and that, you know, and then you abandon that process. It doesn't become like dogmatic. So I think that's kind of, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I try to create these processes to kind of live in and not necessarily feel like anything. I'm not tethered to like an identity of what I am as an artist, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I really Meaning like, like that, you um... know, writing lyrics or like, you know, and here's a song and then I wrote an, right. you know, <laughs> sounds are yeah. fun. and then, and then you kind of just put them together. I, I love that and couldn't agree more. Um, I, I also, I have to ask, well, actually you, you posted a thing the other day on Twitter of this, this synthesizer, this, I think you call it the super, super computer controlled synthesizer. Yeah. And it's the, I, I, I kind of just like stared at that <laughs> and it was like a 10 second video or something. I think I just watched it on a loop like right. 50 times. It's like so mesmerizing. Can you just tell me a little bit about that synthesizer? Yeah. I, um, I was put in contact with, well, it was, it was shared to me, the information about it was via uh, a professor, musician out of Indianapolis. I don't know if he's still there, just, uh, Jordan Munson in 2015. And um, he uh, shared it with another friend of mine. And I was like, yo, I think you might be interested in this. And, <laughs> and so what it is, is it's a, it's a synthesizer that um, was invented by Salvatore Martorano. Um, and it lives at the D'Souza archives in Champaign, Illinois. And the D'Souza archives, like, you know, houses, like paperwork, written works, uh, some instruments. They have like a little mini gallery. It's very tiny. <laughs> Excellent, like archivist, uh, Scott Schwartz, who works there. He's, he's amazing. They have like the Harry Parch papers there, but he, um, 
so this the machine lives there you know the the, the synthesizer and um it's wonderful and salvatore was a composer and teacher and so was his wife and so in their own right they made they did so much work but the machine itself was like a uh, way ahead of its time like using a supercomputer literally a supercomputer to control analog oscillators and this was like you know late 60s early 70s yeah. um using a supercomputer called the iliac that i think was like an ibm or who knows like some government machine, <laughs> you know <laughs> heavy number crunching uh yeah, so that's what it was. And so then I recorded a whole bunch in 2019 and then kind of stumbled back upon the recordings because I had some intention with them. And then I was like, you know what, let me just not be so, uh, again, with like the rules and like just be like, mm -hmm. use some of these sounds and see what happens. And so I started to, you know, and and then I, I went back recently to do some more recordings it's with, with the machine, but it's, so it's in there and it's in a lot of this new record, which is really fun. Um, yeah. It's kind of this incredible for me it's an incredible machine i think somebody else would be like oh this kind of makes like really dumb sounds or something <laughs> I, I mean in respect to it's really difficult to put it in context where it's just like in in context like nobody was doing that and to have access right. to have like to have access to like a supercomputer in the 1970s it's not like it's not like no. now like no one had computers you know what i mean right let alone a supercomputer and then they're like he's like i want to make this this machine that makes some crazy ass sounds, you know, right. and like, you know, they're like, yes, <laughs> I think that's like, yeah. it's kind of a crazy scenario. Yeah. Well, especially think of, yeah. I mean, all back then, like all the resources that would go into a machine to make weird sounds like now it's every, yeah, everybody can get on their computer and make some weird sounds. It's, it's a lot simpler, I guess, but I don't know. I think I'm, I'm a sucker for things like that. Like I'm, it, it's like this kind of, wild romanticism to it or something of <laughs> me too um, i absolutely love it i love it in respect to not just the nostalgia of the machine but i think more so just like i think it's like what you pursue like through these talks and then like what everybody pursues maybe uh, that we're like maybe the people are listening it's just like we're just like interested in people who um are doing interesting things because humans are very interesting yeah and it's just like kind of like that pursuit is maybe the most uh, inspiring part <laughs> For me, at least, you know, it's not just the machine, but just the intention that he put behind it was like, wow, like, yeah, I want more of this for more people, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of interesting people doing interesting things, I being Foxy Digitalis and the music that I often cover, I have to ask about uh, LFO because I got to ask about Pauline Oliveros yeah. and um, Lupe Lopez. Because so when did so. Pauline is uh, kind of a hero of mine. Like I'm huge, hugely familiar with her work. Like just love. Yeah. But Lupe, Lupe Lopez was, this was new to me, like learning about it, hearing this song, wanting to know more. And so I'm just curious when you first encountered uh, her work and kind of what inspired like the song that references them. And I just, yeah, I like, I love this song. I love the way it sort of captures this feeling of like tension and, and it like spreads it through this beautiful song that kind of just there's like an anxiousness, but then it kind of dissipates through the music. And I think about that, especially with Pauline, like yeah, her deep listening and stuff that feels very in tune with that. Absolutely. I think, uh, well, Lupe Lopez from, I only know of who she is through the internet and how I found about her, how I found out about her work was like when I was really young, I, I first making music, my friend had a, um, Fender, Fender Vibro champ and like, 
I was looking to buy one and I was like, oh shit, should I get a used one or should I get a new one? You know? <laughs> right. So I was like going down this like rabbit hole of like reading like, you know, the different iterations. Well, I'm the sixth yeah. either or whatever, you know? And then um so I was on some like VibroChamp, uh like and the the nooks and crevices of the VibroChamp uh uh world and um and I stumbled upon some forum that had a photo of Lupe Lopez and they're like, Oh, like Lupe Lopez worked at Defender um guitar and she built champs back in the day, like the, the first ones and like the tweed ones. And um I was like, oh cool. And then I was like, oh cool. And I was like looking at this photo and it was just like so uh mysterious to me. Just like kind of thinking about this woman who was there working but um and creating these amplifiers. But also like kind of like this this idea of like how uh she like there's like a legacy without her knowing like she signed her inside the amp on this piece of masking tape for like quality control checks or whatever you know and um and then these amps become sought after not just because her name is in there but you know they have some kind of like uniqueness through her like talent and touch and her care and her like deeper uh listening to what maybe her body's telling her to do when she's making this or whatever it is you know and yeah. i thought it was a really unique connection and thinking about that, how like, uh, someone's care and touch and, and deeper work making something. And then later people are like listening to these amplifiers and being like, it's inspiring them to create something because of this unique tone that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is not like any other one. This, this one's unique. <laughs> and I, and you know how we can point back to these moments and, and, and find somebody who made it unique. And I think it ties back to, Pauline about these ideas of like um how we can find um uh all these like smaller you know smaller things in our life and, and if we're listening and looking deeper and we're gonna be inspired by them a little bit more and, and kind of like it enriches our life in a in a deeper way when we're like thinking about these these smaller aspects of what we're doing yeah. you know and and it, that's how it really touched me was just kind of like how this is like a really beautiful like kind of um ecosystem of like thinking about like that like that and then all these things that whether it's like creative energy or just like human energy of just like socially like mm -hmm. aging with the world i think it's i think it's really interesting you know yeah no i think that's wonderful i i was i i love that connection that just yeah puts a <laughs> smile on my face yeah yeah it's really <laughs> um, cool but yeah i don't know yeah. who she is ultimately just from these amps and that's for me that's enough you know right yeah i think that's and i think that's so and like you were saying like i this idea of that she was you know her name is on them for a, for a one reason but then people realize like oh wait a minute all these amps that have this person's name on it there's something here yeah that is um that's beautiful well we should we start talking about being younger going down rabbit holes learning about amps let's <laughs> probably get into this uh and when, and then to start, I always like to go all the way back to the beginning and ask, what is the first song that you remember? Yeah. The first song I remember was um, my dad playing a song by Piero called uh, Yo Vengo. And Piero is this Argentinian artist. It was kind of like 60s. This production is like, I mean, when I listened, as I was getting older and I listened, I've, I'd listened to this like throughout college as well like it was just like it affected me so much <laughs> and i and i loved it it was just like kind of haunting there's like these haunting um 
choral like arrangements all throughout it and it's like really weird um like early stereo possibly like post mono um mixing where it's just like things are just slammed to the left and right (laughs) to the right and i'm just like and i love i'm like such a sucker for that kind of mix yeah like i absolutely love that like that's like if anything's mixed like that i listen to it no matter what it is i'm like oh yeah um Because I feel like there's like such a cool intentionality with that to kind of create like a um, just a spaciousness that's that's not so that's not so like tricky. It's just like so uh, it's simple, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the song. I this so I don't I don't know what he's singing about because I don't speak Spanish, but it just the song feels so powerful. Like he's like there's this emotion that's completely overtaken his soul or something, and he can't keep it in. And he just has to sing, it. and his voice is just so great. Oh my, his voice is so wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I really love this. I hadn't like I, I hadn't heard this. This is unfamiliar to me. But I'm. I, this is speaking of rabbit holes. This is one I want to go down. <laughs> yeah, that that album I, I highly recommend to anyone who like wants to kind of like start diving into like like sixties like you know South American Latin like uh, Latin American. Um, pop and rock music that kind of ha- you know lives in, in its own world and argentina has a distinct history because it was like uh this like kind of like war that they had with england and then there was just kind of like you know the way there's there's and the dictatorships within like mm. that part of the world there's just like so much music that's so vibrant that kind of like we make associations to it, but it has its own identity as well you know was there like growing up was there always like was there music around a lot in the house and like i mean do you you said you're saying like you remember listening to this with your dad or your dad listened to this was there a lot of music around yeah 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 my dad would would my dad would pretty much you know i would only be playing he would only be playing like south american pop music and um you know like the first time i heard um like a beatles song it was really funny uh i uh I can't remember what it was, but it was it was by a, a group in Ecuador from Ecuador called Los Corvettes, like the Corvettes. And they did a lot of covers, which was pretty like standard for a lot of different bands, like rock rockish bands from the sixties. So they had like a lot of Beatles covers, but um I didn't know it was the Beatles, you know? And until I heard like the one in English, you know? And then I heard, I was like, Oh, this is the Beatles. This is like an Ecuadorian band covering a Beatles song, and I never knew that until like I don't know, until like I was a lot older. So stuff like that, you know. My mom was into. My mom grew up in New York, and she was like into like a lot more like. I mean, they were both into like dance music too, like salsa mm-hmm. and, and cumbias and merengue. So that that was pretty constant in our house as well, you know. When when did you start playing? Like, what was your first? Was guitar your first instrument? Did you start with piano? Did you start with something else? I started playing a, a guitar. Yeah, my uncle gave me a guitar, and I started. Um, my dad would always um on the weekends we'd have parties and my dad would always bring in musicians to the house and then like nice. there'd be like you know the the night would be like people you know come and then you eat and then you hang and then people drink and then dance and then it and then everybody starts singing <laughs> and so then somebody's like playing covers and everybody's just singing together um you know different songs that everybody knows mm-hmm. and um so that was like really inspiring because i like uh uh, it, it, you, you gotta it, it's not so much like this kind of ego trip of like i want to learn this this instrument it's more like this like kind of like 
fascination with like seeing joy um all around you like people really enjoying like singing and and enjoying like the song and the music and kind of like I, I always wanted to be the an enabler of that, you know, I wanted to like, enable yeah. like this, this feeling of like togetherness and joy. And, and, um, uh, and so, yeah, I got this guitar and I, I started like overdubbing with, a, with a cassette, like karaoke machine. And I, I thought I invented overdubbing, you know, I was like, Damn, I was like this is sick, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I remember like, I got a, my first four track when I, I don't know, I was, early teens or something and it blew my mind because i was like oh this is how people make music i thought it was you had to it was yeah like you i don't know i didn't know what i thought overdubbing was but it didn't it seemed like this magical mysterious thing to me i mean it still sometimes seems like this magical it really is thing. it's like it's that every time i record something i'm like oh i can put something on top of it and i still uh enjoy that i'm like i can't believe i'm able to add more you know i know and then take it away <laughs> i know yeah it's yeah it is it's magic this is our um, atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome that's like what a yeah wow what a formative memory i can only imagine that's beautiful um okay well on a different tangent what what is the song that either that it makes you cry or it makes you feel whether it actually makes you cry or not it makes you kind of feel that feeling of well, I mean, you know, there's, we cry for all sorts of things, but <laughs> yeah, just like it, just like a deep, deep, um, like kind of just like shaking, like your soul kind of song. And, and yeah. yeah, my friend, um, my friend Senia Ruinos wrote a song called cherry tree. And I, I learned of her work a long, long time ago and her and I are really close friends. And, and now we are, you know, at the time I didn't know her. And, and I remember, you know, listening to the song, just like falling in love with it. But I remember hearing the song live one time outdoors at, um, outside the Brooklyn museum where she did an outdoor show. And I remember like, just, just like being overwhelmed by like how like amazing and beautiful and heartbreaking and kind of intense the song was. And, um, and like, kind of just like starting, you know, just like I was tearing up and like starting to feel like a flood of intense, intense feelings and then i look over to my partner and she's bawling and i'm like okay <laughs> i think it's both of us you know and uh yeah and i and i just it, it's it's just really like i feel that <clears throat> and it and it really does it really just like drums that up in me you know it's her her voice on this song is oh my gosh it's just like this luminescent thing yeah uh it's, I mean, and then together, I mean, the whole song is really incredible, but gosh, her, like, and there's, there's, to me, the, one of the things that really got me is, I think it's a piano, I, it, there's just like this really delicate piano melody that's set against this whole thing that, because like the rhythm and everything feels, it's like this the full on, it's like very powerhouse, heavy thing, but then there's like this delicate piano and then her voice just like shredding over it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's yeah. like the drums and her voice, like live in this like extremely like beautiful dynamic world where it's like loud and soft and like yeah there's like an intensity and it's like just how drums make you feel right like when someone plays drums softly or then when someone plays drums loudly you know it's just like i feel like her voice embodies that the characteristics of a drum for sure in that respect of how it can like push and pull you you know and i think and then like all the melodic qualities are kind of like you're associated with the voice i think they're all there already you know yeah, and I think there, you know, I I think a lot about the sort of um, like physicality of music and the way that you know, I mean, there's sound waves, there are vibrations, and you can feel it in your body, 
and I, I was listening to this yesterday and I had it up really loud on the stereo. Nobody was home. <laughs> and you can, it, it just, I mean, you feel like it shakes your bones. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's incredible. It's true. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad you were feeling it like that. I'm, you know, that's good to hear. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'd love to, I can, I mean, I've only heard the recording. I, I can only imagine live. Yeah. I bet it's, it just goes to another level. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fucked up one. For and I've seen it, I've seen it live a lot. So imagine that. I've cried a lot. <laughs> do you cry? Do you consider yourself a, a crier? I, you know, I actually am not. Um, I'm. It's it's definitely. I don't know why, man. I'm like a very distant to crying. Um, but there's things that definitely like nail me sometimes. Like just like it's. Yeah. Like a, um, I don't know. I think I'm always like uh, on guard about crying, and it's kind of mm-hmm. part of my personality and I, I don't know why but then it's kind of beautiful when when it comes in such a like uh uh just unconscious way you know just subconscious yeah just like uh I'm, I'm like impressed that it happened you know right <laughs> yeah yeah i i feel that um well on the other side of this what's a song that always puts you in a better mood there's this is a little bit more of like a deeper cut so sorry i don't mean to be like so like heady with stuff but oh good. no there's this artist called, I don't know anything about him. I, you know, only things that I've seen on Discogs, but his name is Caliban. And um, I got the seven inch because, um, uh, who was it? Um, I don't know if it's Invisible Cities or somebody put out one of the sides of the seven inch. Um, and it's like this digital reggae, kind of like up-tempo, kind of like good, good feeling vibe. And this song is too, but it's the B side to that. And I love it more. And it's called Open Mind. And I just like... I love all the lyrics and it's just like kind of like the slinkiest grooviest like you're like yeah i don't know you're just like damn this is sick you know yeah this is just like you're just floating on the air when you got this on it is uh there's something too i was i've talked about this a couple times in this show um and i think it was andrew peckler who really put it well we were talking a lot about like reggae and like dub and dance hall and stuff and how there's just something undeniable about the like a relentless rhythm and a sweet melody on top of it that just does it for me like it just makes me so happy <laughs> yeah you're right it yes it's so it's uh i'm a huge fan of of a lot of reggae and and and, and um i moved when i moved to new york um in 2006 I remember, you know, like looking for records and I kind of being like obsessed with trying to find the records that I wanted to find and not submitting to like being like, oh, where am I? Like I'm in like this neighborhood that's mostly like I can I also grew up in like a um, Caribbean neighborhood in Florida. But then um, like being in a Caribbean neighborhood in, in, in or West Indian neighborhood in, um, in Brooklyn and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to start buying like everything I find. <laughs> that's like cheap, you know, or you know, yeah. Something. So we got to learn a lot about like soca and 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 a lot of different reggae and 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 um, you know just other music from from the Caribbean and and I bought a lot I listened to a lot a lot of shit I didn't like but then a lot of shit that was just kind of like starting to open up my mind you know like mm-hmm. and uh, and that that for me that I think that's why I like this song a lot is because you know, it kind of like speaks to that, you know, it was like, it really spoke to like, what are you doing to kind of like think about when you're listening to music and not thinking about the things that you would always think are your like 
your places to be when you're listening to music. It's like, what, what's, what are all these other things that are like out there that people are creating that you think you don't like, you know? Yeah. And for whatever reason you think you don't like them, you know? And I, and I, um, and I love that. And I feel like that's kind of been like a, yeah. a mission for sure, you know, like to kind of like make sure that I'm not like pretending. I think I know what I like, you know? Yeah. I think about that all the time. I think I, I'm always trying to, like challenge myself I'm like oh i don't think i like this kind of thing but i'm like okay i'm gonna and i'm gonna try or <laughs> i'm gonna you know like i what do i know and i i did one of the earliest ones of these i did was with eric mingus who's charles charles mingus's youngest son oh wow and eric was saying how one of the things his dad taught him was that like always find at least one thing you appreciate about a piece of music even, even if you never want to listen to it again or you don't like it like find one thing about it that you can appreciate and i i was like yeah that that feels right i like that yeah that's awesome <laughs> and if it's good and if it's good enough for charles mingus it's good enough for me <laughs> for sure for sure uh, well okay on that note though what is, what's the greatest objectively <laughs> the greatest song of all time yeah I, I definitely this is obviously the impossible question so i yeah. i gave whatever um whatever was like on the top of my list. I mean, I mean, in front of me immediately. And, and I had just, um, I was kind of obsessed with this song. It's like this Harold Melvin and the blue, blue notes, uh, song, but it's Teddy Pendergrass singing and it's called yeah. bad luck. And it's like, I think it's like an epic. Um, I think this was when it came out, it's, it's like a pretty, it, it became like a cult classic in a lot of like disco and like clubs. It's like one that definitely comes on like late night to kind of like, just like put the party at like 12 you know yeah it is uh it's like one of the greatest bass lines ever written i think <laughs> in this song there's and there's like a part it's about midway through it's just like grooving it's going along at 100 miles an hour and then teddy just ramps it up yeah he and it's just how he like i don't know how he like that song just continually yeah when he starts screaming and <laughs> and obviously it's like really cool because it uh, you know what I, what I what I thought about when I wanted to um when you said when you asked this question what I thought about I was like what's the greatest song or that song I was like and when you said you know if, like if an alien showed up or something you know I, yeah and uh and I and I was like shit I would play this for an alien to be like you know what this is the embodiment of us like we're I feel like it's just all bad luck because we're all like trying to like we're like in the situation and we're just like kind of like oblivious and dancing and kind of just like someone's like screaming at the top of our th their lungs talking about like being the insane shit that's happening you know in this country specifically and you know all over the world and yeah. so we're like damn we're grooving to this though you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah we're just we, we're riding the wave <laughs> it's the it's a dope song though it, it's you oh, know it i mean objectively it's you know it's a great it's, yeah it's there's so many great songs, I think that it's, but it's definitely a contender in, in a lot of respects, you know. So. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, one of my notes is on here is that this is some of the best music ever recorded. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I didn't know this is what you were picking for this, but I can't. I it's, yeah, and and I love too that it that it's it's like six or seven minutes long, so it's just there's like a relentlessness to it, but it it's so it's just like so tight and get like it never. I don't know. I could I could listen to it like on a two hour loop or something and just listen to that bass line and Teddy 
just wailing and and it's part no of that complaints. whole like um philly sound kind of like identity you know where it's so i feel mm. like there's such a like pedigree with it in terms of like what they were doing the quality of it it's just such uh, beyond like the song itself i feel like the way they capture you know like the musicians themselves are just like out of control man you know it's yeah everything oh they're God. doing you're just like damn you're like this is crazy you know yeah i mean it's like everybody is so like yeah they're just like technically proficient they're so good but it's i don't know and they they do it's one of those things where it's like everybody they could they could play anything and they it's like it but it doesn't feel like it feels technical but it doesn't like it feels loose and free but it's but the it's musicianship so is just yeah yeah it's on another level oh incredible yeah and then and then yeah add teddy to it and it just pushes it over yeah. the top um i love that answer i love that answer a lot so um okay well what what's a song you used to love but now you heard it recently or you think about it and it's you're like eh, i'm not so sure i know that's a hard one for me i i i couldn't really think of a good answer for this only because um i don't think i've heard it yet i don't think i've ah. actually heard anything that i'm like oh this doesn't do it for me you know things that i've yeah. i think if anything honestly my own music you know <laughs> i'll go back and listen to things that i've made i'm like yeah. oh my god like this does not do it for me at all like i'm not where i am or where i was and i'm definitely in a different place so if anything that's for me that's the best answer you know it's it's that's a really good answer god i feel that in my soul <laughs> <laughs> about my music yeah me too yeah exactly but no, I'm, <laughs> i i well yeah I've, i'm constantly trying to organize my so I've, i have a 10 year old daughter and one of my big fears is someday i'm going to leave her with this mess of an archive of like all the music i've made and it's going to be right. so i'm constantly trying to organize it and stuff and i'll go back and listen to stuff from i don't know when i like i mean i've been doing this for a while but i'm just like oh my god brad what were you <laughs> What were you doing here? Delete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that doesn't need to be in the archive. Um, but no, I think that's a great answer. Um, well, kind of along those lines, what's a song that people maybe is like not critically acclaimed or people don't like, but you you love it anyway? Um, yeah, and that was a tough one too. I think that's like um, that that question is kind of like I feel like that's beyond my grasp because I feel like. I'm like not qualified to like answer that. Yeah. In respect to like, there's a lot of things on the radio that I feel like younger kids listen to. And then I was like, well, what? That was me. There was definitely moments where like my mom was like, I remember I was like really young. And I remember when like Onyx came out with like back the fuck up and like, yeah. And like, I was like playing it loud as hell, like in the house. And I was like, you know, vacuuming, my downstairs living room or something and my mom was like turn this down and i was like why and she's like i like the music i just don't like the lyrics <laughs> oh. like all right that feels familiar more, more so that they were just saying like fuck a hundred times you know right <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's a hard question too I, I and i think like i like i that makes a lot of sense to me too like i had to come up with there's a song by this German, it's like this German disco song called Rasputin by Boney M. That, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, like I love that song, but my daughter hates it so much. So anytime like I put it on, she just starts yelling at me to turn it off. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I think it's like one of the most absurd, wonderful songs ever made, but that's a story for another day. Um, okay, well, let's move on to something a little sweeter and let's talk about what, what do you think, what is like one of their most romantic songs? 
Yeah, this one was kind of like a newer find, meaning like maybe past like five or four years. It's a, a song by Maria Marquez um, called Love Room. And I think she did it. She did that song with somebody else. I forgot his name. Um, uh, Frank Harris. Frank Harris. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a come. It's like a collaboration they made. And, and it's I didn't know her work at all. And I got that record. And, and the record is just phenomenal to me. It's like this beautiful, like kind of like 80s, like ideal you know an ideal situation you kind of for me it's like what i had always hoped you know for music from this era that wasn't like so commercial would sound like and i feel like it it, it kind of checks so many boxes for me and this one is just like so cool talking about your love room you know yeah i know <laughs> but how much more yeah. romantic can you get and i feel like i guess the song why i think it's so romantic i think we i think the easiest thing for like romantic music people would say like someone like sade and i feel like this song kind of like uh, touches on like a lot of Sade, um, Sade spirit of like mm -hmm. what she invokes in a song. And I feel like it's there, but this kind of like has a little, a little bit more of like an experimental kind of like uh, perspective on it than so much like this kind of like smooth, super slick production, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember when this, because I think it like got reissued a couple of years ago. Because I'm guess I the, I only heard it in the last few years too, and it just kind of blew my mind. And um, I'm, I'm her voice on here is just it's like intoxicating. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on every word. <laughs> yeah, it's so seductive. It's like so like you're just like yeah, it's it's beautiful. I, I yeah, I love it. And yeah, I always feel like like when I think of songs that feel romantic, like. There's just like a vibe for lack of a better word. And to me, this song, there's like, like the idea, like this love room. And there's this kind of like, it feels like you're in this sort of like smoky, hazy environment where it's like, everything feels like soft and uh, yeah, it's seductive is a really good word. And the whole, yeah, that whole record is, if any, people haven't heard it, it's phenomenal. I know. I really try to recommend it as much as possible because I'm like, man, this record is like, it's up there. I'm surprised it's not up there for a lot of people as like, this is like a number one record, you know? Yeah. And I can't believe too, cause that it was in some ways, like I listened to it and it's like, oh, this was made in the eighties and it sat like so much of it sounds so contemporary and like, it's yeah, it's great record. Great record. Um, and super romantic song. Um, well, what, what's a song that changed your perspective on an artist for, for better or for worse? You know what? I just, I didn't answer this question, but I have, I actually have a great answer for you. Hold on. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> and it really like, uh, um, it's like, uh, it was like very, so you're, you're obviously not going to be too, um, maybe, you know, it immediately, but, um, it's like, shit, it's, uh, it's this Bonnie Raitt song. And um, and it's called uh, Washiga Godu, and it's from 1973, and it's a reggae song she did. Oh wow! No, I don't know that song. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's like hold on, I'm gonna try to send it to you right now, but um, but it's so good. It's like, do you do you want to listen to it for a second? Do you have time? Yeah, I can listen to it for a second. You might as well listen to it. Yeah, I can just yeah. I can edit me listening to it out because people yeah. maybe don't want to hear this. Maybe they want to hear my, the, my live. Yeah, <laughs> the magic of post production. 
I'll tell I'll describe what his face looks like right now as he's listening. To it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nothing but um he's excited. Wow. See, this is good recordings of you reacting. If somebody played this for me and didn't tell me what it was, never in a million years would I guess this is Bonnie Ray. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Good one. Man. So where'd you where did you first how did this come on your radar? This was like, you know, the I think it's like on topic to what's like happening in our like contemporary like world of like loving and enjoying music. Um, you know, the best way to find out about music is through friends. And I feel like yeah. a, a homie sent it to me was like, man, check this out. And I was like, what? You know, and, and kind of just like, I think that was like a mind blowing moment where I was like, I don't really know Bonnie Raitt's music. And then this was kind of like, I guess I'm going to listen to this album now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that kind of like, it like cracks open this, um, like what we we're talking about before, like what, what, what else can you fit into your mind that, and, and kind of like re and, and, and reteach yourself or unlearn something, you know? That's great. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go listen to this album when we're done here. So. You know, it's so trippy, right? It's like, it's one of those songs where you're like, okay, she was on something at that point. That's cool. You know? Yeah. That's amazing. And she's dope I mean, in general. Like I've read about, you know, I've seen her like as a public person, I think she's, that's all I know her as. I don't really know mm -hmm. her music specifically, but I think, you know, I'm sure there's like super hardcore fans. So in a way, and maybe it's like, it kind of like, you know, checks out that this was like, what tip she was on, you know? Yeah, I love it. That's per oh, that's fantastic. See, this is and this is one of the reasons I love doing this show because, I, like, selfishly, I just get to yeah, you get, get to the, learn about cool. Yeah, man, you get all uh, deep cuts. I know it's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, well, I love that. That's awesome, and I that's like my next hour after this sorted. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, what are what are your favorite what are your favorite lyrics? Whether it's a song. Um, a single line, a verse. Yeah, there was this, there's this, um, this was hard to think about, obviously, because it's like, this is like right up there with like the, what is objectively the best song of all time. Right. Um, so um, there is no great lyric or for me, right. I think words that people write are so great in general. I think people write some of the, I think hilarious and fucked up and, you know, I think it's great. You know, I think I really do. I think lyrics are, and poetry are so beautiful and I think it's so like remarkable, um, whether it's like pretentious or whether it's like, so like beautifully, like honest. Um, and I think the one, the, the person that I picked for this was like, I feel like he embodies so much of that, um, kind of like can be so pretentious, can be so honest, can be so like insanely like, um, uh, seems like the well is never dry when he's writing is it's um andre 3000 and it's and this is like very specific he, it's like this like feature that he's on on this ti song and i always fast forward to his part uh-huh no offense to ti but you know if you're if you have andre as a feature on your song your your song like your song is an, at that point it's just about him right <laughs> so it's and um the lyrics are so amazing in the song and I'm trying to remember them all off the top of my head, but they're just like, he's just, 
Oh man, I, I'd have to pull them up. I don't think I have them in front of me. One of the God, yeah, I, I'm I'm a I am such a sucker for Andre and um one of the lines in this song I think that really always stuck out to me is it's like there's a, a quarry that is dug so deep in a father's chest when he feels that he's broken up his nest. Oh wow. Like yeah. it's just uh that is a it, good one. Yeah. But the, his I mean he whenever whenever your list came through, I'd actually been I'd been listening he was the day before to um on Frank Ocean's Blonde record, Andre. So there's the song solo, and then there's the solo reprise, which, which Frank Ocean figured it out. Like, okay, if I'm gonna have Andre guest on here, I'm just gonna make his part its own track. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's like one of my favorite guest spots where, and it because it's he just goes. <laughs> yeah. No, and you don't really don't feel like it'll stop. But th- there's one. Okay. There's one lyric, and I think you should read it for yourself. At you know, at the end, um, but it's it, essentially he's saying like that anybody, you know, he's essentially saying like anybody on the internet is gonna um, like, you know, say his verse isn't good. And and I like how he's just talking about like commenting and he said, it's boring, it's boring. Like he's saying like, this is what somebody said and, and you can hear it in the song. He's like, it's boring. And then he's like, really? And it's kind of like the way he ends like the phrasing. It's like, it's just like this uh magnetic and uh beautiful cadence where you're mm. um kind of like, pushed and pulled into like rhythms and pushed and pulled into like uh storylines and kind of like things that are illustrated in your head and 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 it, it's really special and i think it's kind of like it's cool when you can hear someone really uh speak so uh fluid in their own in in their own um language of expression that they've kind of created you know yeah yeah no i i, I love andre i he seems like just such a genuine wonderful weirdo in the best possible yeah. way like uh, yeah. what do you think about the about the blue sun the new record have you listened to it the- yeah i thought it was dope and i feel like yeah. it was cool because it's like it's like speaking to a lot of things that like i think a lot of like we're probably all in the same lane of of what he was probably listening to you know what i mean like it's just like mm-hmm. it's just cool to hear him like step into that lane and like know that like there's like a whole world that like is into that you know and it's kind of like we're like oh yeah that's yeah. dope definitely yeah you know what i mean like (laughs) there was yeah um i think it was like not so much like an aha moment maybe for people who were like more into his like mainstream rap shit but um but i think maybe for people who appreciated it as like as him as a creative person we're just like cool definitely yeah like could see this happening you know and like it wasn't i don't think it was like a shock or surprise it was just more of an appreciation of like yeah like his work yeah, I yeah, totally feel that. I, and I think it's really cool that it is inevitably going to introduce a lot of people to this other world of music that they didn't know about before this. And I think that's awesome. So, um, yeah, all respect to Andre. What is the what is the song that you have or you can listen to the most? Yeah, that's that's a hard one. Um, there's a lot of those, <laughs> but there's a. Um, I think there's a, um, I just don't want to, I have to make sure I get the name right, but there's a Luis Bonfa record um, called Enchanted Mirror. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that one, but um, yeah, the song is called Enchanted Mirror as well. And I think there's something just like, it's got this like reset kind of feeling for me where it's like, it doesn't, um, it's just him playing 
classical guitar like he does. Oh, yeah. But it, Man, I don't think I've heard that record. I, I know some of his stuff. I'm like looking at the cover for that record is incredible. It kind of, that song makes you feel exactly like that. It's like you are, oh. you're literally like a, a stoned brick man head uh, guarded by bricked uh, roosters and garden, like some kind of night. And then all of a sudden your, your head is full filled with seagulls and, and the blue sky. That's, oh my God. That's, that's like a beautiful description. Of, <laughs> I love that. That's, that's my kind of music writing right there. <laughs> like, um, wow okay i'm gonna <clears throat> it's a okay, great it's I'm... a that the, you know what's really cool there's like a moment there's like the nerd the nerdy part of me is like there's a moment there where um you know he's playing this like passage and then there's kind of like this like interlude in the passage where he like this moving to a new section but when they do it they do this like weird like flangy chorus effect on it and it's just like what <laughs> that's it, uh... what, you know who was like who like decided to like ramp that up right there and it was and it's great yeah it's it's so amazing to me so i I love moments like that in like a record or a song where it seems like a producer or someone or engineer or or music who somebody had this i that this like seemingly nonsensical idea of and it's like where did that come but it just works and it's like well that's why you're the (laughs) The boss (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's great. Gosh, I'm, I can't stop staring at this cover. I love this cover so much. This is like my vibe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, okay. On a, well, what's a song that you, or the last song, I guess that you completely fell in love with. Yeah, that's, that's hard. Um, because, um, I have a lot that I fall in love with, but I, I (laughs) I default to this one because I think she she writes a lot of music now as well, but there's a contemporary composer from Brazil. Her her name is Luisa Brina, L U I Z A Brina B R I N A, and um, she has um, she has a song called uh, uh oh my gosh, back it's a back in Bahia I think, um, uh, yeah, back in Bahia, and um, Bahia spelled B H. I ate and um I'm we met last or the year before in Sao Paulo and I'm just like such a huge fan of hers and we're you know we've been like recording music together but this is like one of the first songs I've heard of hers and it's just so dope and like I I never really cover people's songs live and I've, I've covered her song a couple of times last year and I just like absolutely love her music it's just like she's just such a brilliant soul but this song is like just was so wonderful I haven't heard this one, so I'm going to have to, you're like, I'm going to have a lot of like post episode homework. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. I, this is like what I like, I live for Like I'm, I'm obsessed with music. Like I think, you know, as I always say in the intro, like I'm, uh, I think about sound and music more than it's probably healthy. And I, one of the things that I makes me just, a lot of people find it overwhelming how much music there is in the world. And it is overwhelming. I mean, I understand that, but for me, like, I just love knowing that there is always something else out there that I haven't heard yet. That is going to like, just blow my mind or make me feel something. And I don't like, I try not to worry about it and just like these things, it'll find me when it, when it's time. Yeah. And so like, 
I love this kind of, this is, again, this is why I do this. Cause I get to, I get to learn about stuff I didn't know about. I get to, um, so I'm, I've got this, I've got like a bunch of new tabs open here to <laughs> No, I feel the same way. I'm sure a lot of people who listen feel the same way as you, where it's just like, we love discovering. And I feel like it's so exciting to have that kind of like, wow. Uh, just like that reveal of just like, Oh yeah. Well, and then stuff like this, just like conversations where you like, you know, I mean, obviously this is, uh, we're recording this the day after all the horror news with like the pitchfork layoffs and all that stuff happened. And, you know, thinking about like how there's, it's harder. Like there are fewer and fewer places where you can sort of organically or like find out about things from real humans. Right. I mean, that's why it's like these conversations are just, you know, talking to your friends and whatever is so important because that's like really where for me, like that's where I find out about so much great stuff, but it's like, you know, something like this, the algorithm's never going to feed me this. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. No. And I think about that and I feel for like all the folks who are just like laid off because it's like, a, uh, uh, the energy that gets put into writing is so beautiful because it's like, it has to do with listening and listening yeah. requires you enjoying it, you know, and then like being moved. And it's like, requires like all this time. And it's just like someone yeah. spent a, some specific amount of time on this. And it's, and if there's like a mutual, like cyclical respect for it, then it kind of like, um, emanates from like whatever has been expressed. And so it's like either the writing or the music or whatever, the share, it's just like, you feel mm -hmm. it, like, damn, like yeah. like they're missed you know there's just not enough i mean even what you're doing i feel like this is like so exciting because it's like wherever people can find um this kind of work where there's passion and there's quality and there's talent you know i think it's it's it, there needs to be more of it, so yeah totally totally agree um all right well we're in the home stretch we got two more to go the sort of quote unquote big questions yeah so what is the song that means the most to you? And it's maybe not even necessarily because of the song itself, but because of what you, you associate it with an experience or a person or something that just makes it all that much more meaningful. Yeah. There's a prefew 73 song called afternoon in love. And, um, we, um, him and I work together a lot. I helped produce a, a few of his records and we did Savath and Savalas together the last record too. And, um, uh, but we became friends around the time when this record, his first record was really blowing up because of a lot of mutual acquaintances that we had. And, and, um, but I was like obsessed with this record cause I got the promo CD from a friend who had it on a burnt CDR and like, I don't know, like 99 or 2000. And they brought my friends, you know, we're on Miami and they brought it up to me when I was going to college in Savannah. And, um, you know, I was just like, what? And I had bought, um, Prior to hearing this, I had bought a, I had purchased an MPC because I was making beats, and they were like, "Yeah, he makes all of this on an MPC," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "So then I had to just like, so that meaning like the moment in time for me was like such a formative moment. It was like I was like listening to this and being like, "Damn, like I'm definitely not even like close to understanding what I can be doing." with this machine or just like thinking about what, what's possible. And, and I think it's like a hallmark in, in, in like, uh, and creative expression, not just like in electronic music, but I think in music itself. And I think for me, it was like, it was an important moment of like a, a, a an internal shift to kind of like, uh, take note of like 
more and what what's possible yeah i can totally see that it still blows my mind when i think about this was all done on an npc <laughs> yeah and it's like this perfect this wonderful example like the sample selection on here is just on another level and the the way he uses those to compose this and then the fact that it's all done on this like it's yeah amazing amazing piece of music and that yeah that whole record that whole record is great and again i mean that's like geez what 25 years old now something like that Whew. yeah that, that makes me feel old <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, all right I well it. i remember like i recorded it it's a mini disc so <laughs> and yeah. i'm like i would like scooch around town on a mini with the mini disc player you know uh-huh i remember um first cd i ever put out i like I mastered it to, to from four track to a mini disc player to send it into the pressing plant. Yeah, that was your that was like your master was your mini disc. Yeah, because it was you know it was the only way it was the only way to record like a I didn't have a reel to reel or anything and right. that was the other. Huh. For the, yeah. <laughs> All right, Roberto. Last song. Last one. Big question. What's at least in this moment in time right now? What is your favorite song? In this moment in time, what's my favorite? <laughs> oh, do do I have an answer for this? Oh yeah, I do. Um, it it it's been my favorite song. I say this only as like, I, as a way to kind of like excite people. Like people are like, what's what's your favorite song? And I, and I just put, I just say this just because it's like, um, I think it it possibly opens up doors for people who are not listening to what's going on in Latin America or maybe things like that. And it's the Meridian brothers, Huaracha UFO. And I feel like they've kind of gotten like some steam in the past year or so, which well-deserved, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I've been such a huge super fan of, of, um, their work and Eblis. He's like, um, in his own right, he's got all these like really contemporary experimental works that he does that are just like more like modern contemporary, like, uh, really out there pieces that he does with like choral work as well. So it's like, it's really distinct. Like he does like all this like wild contemporary writing in classical and like weirdo kind of world. And then he does <laughs> like Meridian brothers, but he's got a couple other bands and he's like really into like weirdo cumbia stuff as well. But yeah, he's, he's one of those people where I feel like the multi-dimensionality of like his like work is so big and then like so it's like for me i'm like just listen to this and this shit will get you hyped and you're like what am i listening to i love this right. you know yeah, this is the perfect gateway because it's like it's so it, well there's like a playfulness to it and it's like so you know talking about going back to the beginning of our conversation you're talking about like those parties that you're and like seeing how music can just spark like this joyful feelingness and this like this song this music is so joyous and it's fun but then there's but it's also it's like layer upon layer of virtuosity because <laughs> it's yeah. so it's oh it's so incredible and it's and it uh it just and this song too just makes me want to get up and move like you yeah. can't sit still <laughs> yeah i agree and like when the vocals come in you're just like what you're like what <laughs> i know everything before that was just like a prelude to what was about to happen you're just like what the fuck you're just like mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, amazing song. They're from they're from Colombia, right? They're from Bogota, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're from Colombia, and his all these records are so great. Um, there's a song on one of their albums, and it's such a like, you know, it's it's so dope, and it's like I can't think of the name right now. I'd have to look it up, but um, 
maybe I can find it really quickly if you guys please stay entertained. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to get distracted. Um, but there's an album that they put out, and um, it looks like Bandcamp is down, so it's got a five oh. service. Uh oh. There you go. Everybody got shut down. Everyone. Yeah. Shut down now. <laughs> Anyways, well, the song uh, is is about like professionalism in the industry and it's like the silence oh, of wow. and what he's singing he's like i'd like to he's like essentially he's singing that he's like throwing props to his friends that are doing dope things in the industry and he says like all these different artists names so if you ever wanted to know more like all these different artists um who to like branch off of like the people that he's like kind of throwing props and respect to it's a great one to listen to because you're just like oh damn and some of them you know a couple of friends of mine like get shout out there like Lido pimienta and, and a few other friends but um it's 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 really cool it's really cool that's awesome i just like that somebody would do that in their music like i, I don't really see that happening in like the indie rock scene somebody's like saying like you know they're, they're shouting out their contemporaries you know what i mean right. like, there's like a real like um uh, uh selflessness you know real like mm-hmm. uh, care to support the people around you and i and i think that that for me like it embodies like a great artist you know yeah and i mean and the we need more of that i mean the state of you know we're all we're all it's tough out there and so we need more <laughs> uh, i think that spirit in art in music and art and all of these things so yeah. well yeah that's a perfect place to end. Um, so the record is out on February 9th. Yeah, record's out on February 9th. I'm going on a world tour, guys. Oh, yeah. Everybody buy your tickets. First shows in Atlanta, then Orlando, and then Texas and West Coast. And then we're going to Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. World tour for real. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So, so yeah, come awesome. find us. Awesome. I will, I will make sure to have links to all of that in the show notes. And... I know you're playing in Dallas. I think it's as close as you're getting to me. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so it's about four hours away. So I need to look at the dates and see if there's a way I can make a road trip. But that would be fingers wonderful. crossed. So yeah, cool. if you do, let me know. I'm here. We're here for you. I, absolutely. All right. Well, Roberto, this was incredible. Thank you so much for doing this. Everybody, buy the record. It is, it is a joy. Thanks, man. Thank you for do. Thank you for existing. And this show was wonderful. Keep supporting, Brad, man. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, a thousand thanks to Gelato Negro for taking the time out of his very busy schedule to sit and talk to me for an hour and just, yeah, we had so much fun. And I, he's super busy. He's like prepping for a huge tour, world tour. Um, the show dates are in the, or the link to the sh- dates are in the show notes. And really hope if he's coming to a town near you, get out and see him, buy his record just support all the stuff he's doing it's um yeah you'll feel better i promise um as always thank you for listening thank you for the feedback on the shows if you like this show please leave a rating on wherever you're listening to it a review is even better but those kind of things really help get it out there and i want more people to hear this because i think these episodes are freaking awesome and you can again contact me through social media just look for Foxy Digitalis, send me an email. And of course, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. As little as three bucks a month. It does a lot. And, you know, and then you can yell at me over there. And hey, then I'm required to listen. No, I don't know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. And in the meantime, until next time, 
Keep on listening wherever the hell you want. <laughs>